0: What's up, y'all? This is John and Mike, back for another episode of the Nothing Finer podcast. And this episode is being done a day early because Hurricane Idalia chose a not ideal time to uh, to show up, considering it is the first day, or going to be the first time, week of college football. Um, and there's probably a... a what? chance that either or both of us don't have power tomorrow?
1: Yeah, fuck a Dahlia.
0: Not Vidalia. Those are good onions. I Dahlia. Yeah. See, (laughs) it's the selfish Vidalia. It's all about I.
1: Yeah. Not the. (laughs) The onions, too. You know what? The smoke, too. Why not?
0: I've never had a smoked onion. Maybe we could try it. Um...
2: (laughs) Yeah, there we go. Gentlemen, how are we feeling? Will, what's up, dude? How are you, man? Chilling, man. Chilling.
0: So, we are still excited, even though it's a day early, and I potentially won't even get to watch the Florida-Utah game to talk about week one. And today, we are doing our first Calling the dog segment. So, when you guys leave us voicemails of your best WWE-style promos, we are going to share them with you guys. And as always, if you're drunk and obnoxious like we hope you are after a game, call us with some funny shit and you might get on too. But cool, man. tonight yeah. we have Will Ogburn of the Saturday Down South podcast on to talk about the highest profile game of the weekend, and that is Florida State and LSU, which somehow the stadium they chose is Orlando. But um. Oh, yeah. Don't, don't you worry, buddy.
2: I'm going to two football games. I'm going to UCF Kent State in the Bounce House. So this is the nicest stadium I'll be in this weekend because uh, I had to be there for UCF's first Big 12 game, as we all know. <laughs> uh, yeah. And the best part of it is I'm flying into a hurricane so I can watch a UCF game. A, a thing that all smart people will do. Uh, so I've been trying to figure that out all day. But yeah, my one of my best friends uh, just graduated from UCF. So we're doing that. But yeah, the Citrus Bowl is uh, it's a little bit of a home away from me home for me i used to cover mls soccer in there back when i was in college so yeah it's a a historic venue of course
1: historic very definitely very Uh very very.
0: all right so this is going to be a little bit down and dirty quicker episode than we normally do so first question is what are you guys drinking
2: oh man Uh, so i have a liquid death arnold palmer and a c4 energy drink Oh my yes. gosh, man. Not to do a free plug, but they uh, I always keep two different flavors in Liquid Death. There's a peach tea and an Arnold Palmer that are like, they have like electrolytes and they keep you hydrated. They're awesome.
0: Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. You just blew my mind more than anything yeah. you can say about LSU.
1: Starting off hot. All right. There we Mike, go. what about you? All right. So in honor of uh, Will being here. I got the uh, the finest liquor known to uh, New Orleans, and that is Southern Comfort, because I drink like a fucking child, and I don't try anything different. Hey, man, there's nothing wrong with some Soca. I'll, I will I'll say
0: um, Buffalo Trace owns Sazerac Rye, which is made in New Orleans. So hmm. that's another, another solid choice if you're going that way. Um, I'm recycling because I have no idea what I drank on the show before, but this is a um elijah craig private barrel from a local liquor store it is barrel proof so it is 63 percent alcohol and nine years Ooh. old um, so if
2: your generator dies you can pour that in there and you'll be good to go
0: oh there no go. this costs too much it's cost
2: that's best. fair <laughs> yeah
0: i'll go without power it'll be fine I, you know i got between liquor and other things i you know if i am sober while the power's out, there's a problem.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, man, so right. would you either be, um, have no power or watching Graham merch?
0: Watching Graham Mertz, actually, yeah.
2: Yeah, it is week one. That's the thing. It's just, like, <laughs> we're, like, uh, crack addicts right now. I'd watch anything. I mean, so, just to clown on him, honestly. Yeah,
0: yeah so we, we were actually supposed to do a watch party and do, like, our commentary of the game mm-hmm. through, um, through millions who are partnered with now. And, uh, I probably will not have power to do that, so I'm a little disappointed that I'm going to have to cancel our first watch party.
2: The southern tradition is just week one being somehow displaced by a hurricane. It weirdly mm-hmm. has happened to UCF like almost every year, and like Florida deals with it, LSU deals with it. So welcome to it, man. It's that's a fun time. You're now a coastal resident, so you get to be part of it too.
0: You know, um, thanks to Idalia, I think both Mike and I are having our uh, our hurricane cherries pop tomorrow. So it's a big day for us.
1: It yeah. Really. Because it, it, 'cause we've had a couple uh, near misses. Now I was I was uh we were running on Tybee Island when we uh when we first moved here. We did have a tropical storm come through, but it honestly it only hit us for like maybe twenty minutes and that like scared the shit out of us. So um kind of looking forward to it just to see what uh what it's like, but hopefully, you know, not too much. I have so many dead trees to uh you know to the left side of my house that I am a little bit worried, but I mean, let's knock it out.
2: Yeah, you get to, you get kind of numb to it, right? I actually uh, stayed home for Hurricane Katrina, so I watched like the I Am oh, Katrina shit. pass over my house and read it too. <laughs> and I was joking with my boss today. It's like that was when I was let's see, 05, I would have been in, like fifth grade, so that was kind of my childhood. So now every hurricane, I'm just like, well, you can't be worse than that. So it's like <laughs> I'm I should be much more scared than I am. But once you're past a couple of them, the the fear kind of dies down. You realize
1: it's like, well, this is just some bonding time with me and my my dogs and my family. <laughs> Even even living in Detroit, like, I remember, I think that was my freshman or maybe sophomore year of high school. And, it I mean, we did, like, fundraisers and shit for it. So, like, mm-hmm. it was wild. I can't believe we did, even did that. We had the, uh, the, you know, the thought to actually do that. Because, you know, high school kids, middle school kids, very selfish. Yeah,
2: no, true. You know, I mean, hey, that was an all-time Kanye West clip. So, you know, it yeah. really affected America.
0: <laughs> I will say, if you guys see any... Uh red cross messages across college football for hurricane idalia go ahead and donate some money you never know your boy might get a check mm-hmm. for like five cents hey you know yeah because we but, do uh, live yeah. across the street from uh the intercoastal waterway so this will be interesting
2: oh true. well yeah i uh, hope you guys stay safe oh you probably won't stay dry because it will be wet but hopefully it won't be too windy that's where
1: it really starts to be a problem yeah yes. i said two to five inches which Way more than average. That's huge. it's a huge amount. That's why I always tell people it's hard for them to believe me. But that I've if, heard it's more than average. If if it's any more than five, that's devastating. That's well, gonna hurt everybody.
0: I mean, two to five inches coming in at seventy miles an hour. As I mean, that's gonna be impressive.
1: Will leave like some people bruised up and just destroyed.
0: Mm-hmm, no mm-hmm. one's gonna walk right the next day. Alright, let's get into uh let's get into some football here. Alright, so we had Will on for the SEC championship last season. So we got mm-hmm. I mean, the team is mostly the same. Very few people left this off season. So we're gonna skip a lot of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But we're gonna ask about the position change or position groups that have changed the most. So Brian Kelly hit the transfer portal hard for the secondary this offseason. How much better should they be? And will they be able to slow down the passing attack of the Seminoles?
2: Um, I'm not sure they will be better in the secondary, honestly. I think the offense is going to be probably better because, you know, it's rare. You guys know it. Um, as Georgia fans, you know, it's rare to retain an offensive coordinator these days. Um, and so at one of the longest tenured OCs in the SEC uh, is currently LSU, which is strange because in year two, um, but, yeah, I think that, you know, you guys know how the transfer portal works, right? I mean, it's sometimes you hit, sometimes you miss. Georgia has not had to do a ton. Um, they've had a couple of luxury guys really come in. Um, more, It's been more of a door out. Um, but you guys know, I mean, it, it's – it's last year we happened to hit almost all of our transfer DBs, um, and they, they, they played well. Uh, this year, you know, they have a couple of guys, Alexander, um, Chestnut, and – obviously Denver Harris, the infamous Denver Harris. So yeah, that's, it's a lot of mercurial guys, a lot of up and down guys, a lot of guys that, you know, it's, it's funny, you know, there's two kinds of guys in the transfer portal guys that uh, had offers from schools, like the ones that we reroute to and decide to go other places. And then there's the guys who didn't get looked at by SEC schools and played above that level. And so LSU is a couple of those guys, but yeah, I think that you're exactly right. The defensive backfield's completely redone. Um, They have, you know, a couple of familiar faces at safety, but really the corner rotation is is the group I'm probably the most worried about because it's some dudes that met each other a couple of months ago, if we being honest.
0: Good old, uh, I think LSU may have the, the best name combination for secondary. You know, hmm. you, got, you got some names, you got Chestnut, you got Major Burns. Major anytime Burns, Georgia, great, Burns, yeah. Anytime you put Major Burns as a name, it elevates the name level of that group.
2: Period. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, and he's been—I mean, he's been solid. At least he's been one of the most consistent guys coming back. So, as funny as it is when he gets burned, it's like, dang, we actually—we need, need a lot of major burns. We need minor
1: burns, actually.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> like first degree, definitely. Right, like first degree burns would yeah. be great. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, Mike, you got the second one.
1: All right. So, with uh, Mason Smith being suspended for the game, is the defensive line able to get after Jordan Travis and the running backs?
2: Yeah, so I uh, I hate the situation, love the question. I think that, uh, you know, LSU coming in last year felt so great about the front seven. Makai Wingo was a guy who, uh, look at us, just a, a an embarrassment of riches of Mizzou transfers. Uh, Wingo was awesome, really saved our season, honestly, last year because we really just thought we had Smith and he came in and was a godsend. Um, but, yeah, I think that Brian Kelly finally came out. And, you know, Brian Kelly has been, like, cool, chill Brian Kelly. He's kind of doing a little bit of a Gus Malzahn where he changed jobs and, like, remade himself. And he finally had kept something up his sleeve, which is that he told everyone Harold Perkins was going to play like a standard middle linebacker. And a couple of days ago, he was finally like, no, we're going to get Omar Spates, the transfer from Oregon State, to really play middle linebacker. Radical concept, you know, first team all Pac-12 linebacker playing middle linebacker. Um, right. And then we're going to get Harold Perkins to kind of just play this Captain Chaos role. Uh, And we've we'll been, we'll been heard it described as like how Michael Parsons was as a rookie where they just kind of line him up all over. He can cover a little bit, but mainly he's going to be someone that the offensive line just needs to communicate about. Even if he doesn't do something, there's a couple of guys looking at him. So I think that actually playing Harold Perkins in a, in a role that seems a little bit more conductive to him versus Brian Kelly, just insisting on jamming a square pull square peg in a round hole. I'm pretty excited about that from the pass rush, but yeah, again, behind the first line of guys, we have some dudes that are third, fourth, fifth year players that, probably wouldn't have gotten a shot at LSU. So we'll see. Uh, Wingo was remarkably healthy last year. Um, but but I do think that Harold Perkins is going to be a massive X factor as a pass rusher. And Brian Kelly finally decided to just pull up, pull back the veil and now that Mason Smith won't be there.
0: So you already answered this question, so I'm going to change it slightly. You called Harold Perkins Captain Chaos. I mm-hmm. have called him a human heat-seeking missile. Mm-hmm. which one, what is the best name you have heard him call?
2: oh man i mean i i call him uh uh ricky bobby sometimes in the podcast because he does have that little bit of a Ooh! like mentality where it's just like seaball get ball i think that we really need like an official Harold of perkins nicknames i think that's going to be on the media the cajun people but there's not really one that i'm locked into yet i think that's the evaluation we're doing this year
0: mm-hmm. okay we'll we'll have to uh we'll see if we'll have to see if Drew Page can get a poll going at about week 6.
1: There you go. Yeah, that'd be the way to do it. <laughs> do not have him do a bracket. People get
2: pissed off about it. People get so mad at the strangest things, man. Just it's like guys, we can't talk about our like backup guard depth. Like who has the best guard room in the SCC? Like it, it's got to be this it, is life. We're all living life together, you know?
0: I it's honestly one of my favorite things during it. I
2: mean, it I really think. is. Mine too. That's the thing, is like you can't, you know, if you have like a sports podcast, you want to draw in all kinds of listeners. And it's like I always think about like if we're all sicko's, right? Like they've already got us. So there's yeah. only so much college football content for people like us. So you want to do some extra stuff. So that's why we love Drew. We love our like kind of uh like audience segments, which um you guys do a great job of participating in those. But yeah, I think that I think that's the stuff that's the spice of life. And if we just sat here and talked about sports all day, it would get a little bit repetitive. So I like to kind of mix it up.
1: Yeah, my goal is always to try to make you guys break every time. Mm
2: -hmm. Oh, I'm, you can see me start to just start inhaling. Like some of the stuff that you've you've been on a roll lately with some of the comments that you left and I'm just like cracking up at the quarter and Connor's just like (laughs) trying to be unfazed by it. It's been great.
0: You know, I'm sure a lot of people question how true some of the stories that I put in there are, but I have not told a single lie.
2: Oh, and you know, I always qualify them by like, if this were true for a person, it would be this person,
0: <laughs> like, like almost getting abducted by the cartel in Mexico. Correct. Mm-hmm. Flipping my mm-hmm. jeep down a mountain and getting saved by a pine tree smaller than my wrist. Correct.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, you had the jeep story with the kid with the machine gun, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mexico, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's a true that.
2: Story. Yeah, that was insane. But again, very believable because it's not even a top five story you've told me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, the best thing about bad decisions is good stories.
2: Mhm. Fair. Yeah, hundred percent. And like, not to not to do like you know podcast like plugs or whatever. But that's why I love me and Connor as a pairing because Connor is very regimented and his life always goes a certain way. And I am I have a little bit of like that Harold Perkins in me. Like I was. Uh, flying flagging from Austin at two AM last night and I'm just I'm always trying to do something, you know, because I just feel like especially if I'm you know, we're all kinda of like at this point in our life where we're not quite, you know, old, you know what I'm saying? We're still in that kind of like prime of our lives and we'll have lots of fun stories to tell our kids one day. So that's what I want to have is a lot of stories. And then that's it for like that's the goal of life, right?
0: Yeah. Yep. So for sure. Do you love Austin as much as I love Austin?
2: Um, that was actually my first time going. I had a wonderful tour guide. I got to see a lot of the really fun like local spots. The food there is honestly better than Atlanta. I would Correct. put them for me. Ooh. Those are my two favorite cities in America right now. Okay, mm.
0: Austin, I, I have said this many times. At this point in my life, if I were to leave Savannah, it would be for somewhere within an hour of Austin. I love it. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's it's super cool. And that, that's like, what I said on the pod. Is it's like you feel like it's a college town because you always hear about the University of Texas. But it's like Columbus. It's like one of these huge cities that just has a stadium inside of it. So, yeah, I think there are people that are in no way associated with UT. Um, and, and there's like a whole subculture of music and, and, and stuff like that. I love culture in a city. Like That's my thing. I'm from Louisiana. I can't live in some just like bland place. It's got to have some a little bit of pizzazz to it. So I, I love all of Texas. But also I think it's my favorite place there. Okay. All
0: right. Back to football. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. So – uh, the offensive line had some struggles last season against um, the more elite defenses. Has the line improved enough to protect Jaden Daniels from uh, this good F- F- FSU defensive front?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of that was, and, and I unfortunately attended the uh, LSU loss. Uh, let me ask you guys a quick question.
1: What is the worst Georgia loss you've attended in person?
0: 2019 South Carolina.
1: Mm, that's a good one. Ooh. Honestly. Okay. So this is bad because obviously I went to school there. Mm-hmm. I've only gone to a couple games, so they haven't lost any of them. So I can't, I can't answer it. Okay. So you're good luck. Yeah.
0: Okay. 2019 South Carolina or 2015 at home against Bama.
1: I Who think is the 2015 one. Well. Right. Losing the Bama is never bad. That's the so, thing. Even
2: the if you reason, almost but beat them, but wait, we still But Georgia was
1: favored in that game for like the first time in – I mean the first time Bama was an, uh, was an underdog in forever even at that point, right?
2: Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like losing the Bama can – listen, we lost to Bama like 10 straight times. There were some bad ones in there. But at the end of the day, I went, dang it, we lost to Alabama. The time we lost to like Troy, I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're Mickey Mouse <laughs> program. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I, I think my least – I've seen some doozies in person, but I think my least favorite game I've attended was that FSU game last year. Uh, I The fact that LSU came all the way back, and then mm-hmm. Mason uh, Taylor was the one who missed the block, which is so crazy to think of now. He was the only tight end on the roster um, after um, Cole Taylor of, of th- shoe-throwing fame left, and it was just freshman Mason Taylor. And he obviously made the play to win the Bama game, so definitely redeemed himself. But yeah um, – Point being, I, I think that sorry, what was the initial question that just like hit me as far as it was a bad game last year?
0: Is the offensive line good? Oh, up got you. To sorry.
2: So there we go. Sorry. So where I was going with that was in the first game last year, they were rotated a first-time center who snapped the ball over his head. The change came when they started two freshman tackles. Like, the the line got better when they started two freshman tackles. And one is Will Campbell, who's a dog. The other is uh, Emory Jones, the most talented Emory Jones in SEC history. Well, wow. uh, he, I don't think, is long-term going to play there. I think that was kind of a pinch start, but he did an amazing job back half of the year. So, Will Campbell's a beast. Um, I think that having these guys in the Brian Kelly system, and as much as we can slander Notre Dame and Brian Kelly when he did, you guys, you know, beat him bad the couple of times y'all played, he has been able to develop these offensive linemen. Um, You know, he's been able to – develop guys at every offensive line position, even the interior. So that's the one aspect of the team I really trust him in, and then his evaluations I trust more than almost anyone. And we've seen it so far. The amount of nasty these guys have played with I think has been um, really nice. And, and and you guys know, I mean, coming from like the Rick years where Kirby had a year to turn it around, offensive line and defensive line are usually the ones that are the hardest to turn around, and I feel like in about a half season we're able to do it now. Will that be able to – counteract what FSU has been building for years and years and years. I don't know, but it's not a worry for me the way that defensive back is, you know?
0: Yeah, for sure. So, piggybacking on the offensive line, the running back situation is just weird. I, there's <laughs> there's not really a better way to describe it, it, at least before the season. So, I mean, obviously they have a ton of talent, probably one of the most talented rooms top to bottom in the SEC, but which guys stand out the most in this game and for the season?
2: So I think that, like, and this is just such a funny move by Brian Kelly. We have eight running backs. So he he was just like, you know what? One of y'all going to figure this out. We're just going to keep adding dudes until you guys start to see your carries, like, diminish. And then whichever y'all has that dog in you, that's the one. And, again, you guys have seen this at Georgia. where summer.
0: anti-Oprah Winfrey. He just said, "I get a running back, and I get another running back, and I get." You another get no
2: carries. Back. You get no carries. Yeah. He, yes. And like you guys have seen it, like some of the the Georgia guys that have been these five star studs have been awesome, but some of the guys that have been like our, our favorite players have been the you know, the Josh Williams type guys that have come in and been unheralded. We have a mix of everyone on that team. So I like Noah Kane. Um, I I like John Emery. Um, but the young guys, man. I mean, we're gonna see uh, what's his name, Caleb Jackson, on uh, punt returns. Uh, so some of these guys like, it's funny because you have, like, the old legacy, like, Coach O guys, and then you have the young guys that have a little bit more of, like, the Brian Kelly system fit. Diggs is another guy that has really gone under the radar. Former Notre Dame starter from Louisiana that played for Kelly. So, yeah, I, I really do think it's going to be a rotation. Um, And last year, Noah Kane started this game and didn't have really an impact on the season. Uh, Armani Goodwin is another guy that I've loved forever at Auburn High School. Um, and obviously, there was between us in Auburn, and I think Georgia was up there as well. But he's super fast. Uh, so, really, it just is whoever has that dog in them. Because the, the reps are going to be so limited that they're going to go with the hot hand whenever someone gets hot.
0: I will say I'm still very disappointed that John Emery did not come to Georgia. As my yep. first name being John and one of my middle names being Emery, mm-hmm. um, that was that was going to be an amazing jersey opportunity for me that he decided to take. So I still – Selfishly. Still a little salty from being honest. I think
2: you guys have been fine. And I think he – you know, he's a guy that hasn't ever quite played up to his potential. I, I think that you see it in bursts. Uh, but we all saw his highlights, right? I mean, I remember it was actually right after the 2018 LSU-Georgia game that, like, that shift happened between the two teams. And I was like, oh, my gosh, we got this five-star, we're on top of the world. And him and Sage Ryan have been kind of the two guys where it's like, let's see it, let's see what we saw. And so hopefully he finds this will be his last year. Hopefully, that would be my dream, to answer your question. If John Emery is just the guy and he's he, and we just don't have to use those other guys because we've seen it and 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 he has the speed, he has the power, but – just can't do it consistently, you know? It can't stay on the field for weird reasons, you know?
1: All right, so let's uh, move on to this uh, last question here. So I know Kayshawn Bussy, <laughs> Booty. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. I'd be so locked <laughs> in, like, listening. i like, this guy. Wait. Hey.
0: Did did you say Bussie? Bussi. With a B or P?
1: B. Oh, yes.
0: that's what I that's like muffins.
1: when. Co- yeah. That's a good one. Oofies. That's like when, when Connor
2: initially thought your name was Michael Darkie and I was like, you know, let's I err on the side of not that one. Just if we don't
1: know, it's a slur, maybe, Connor. Maybe don't call him that if we're not sure that's his name. <laughs> See, I, I tell kids the all the time is, when they when they call me Dar- when they call me Darky, I'm like, that is a slur. Mm-hmm. You are in trouble right now.
0: The funny thing but, is, was, there was a corrected multiple times and kept saying yeah. it.
1: Mm-hmm. It's locked in. I know. I know. My last name's kind of weird because, like, I've never met another Dark in the Wild, but it, it, it's it's funny. It's old English. Mhm. Of course, Ye yeah. old Dark. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, all right. So, uh, Keshawn Booty, Bootay, whatever. Everyone. His there. name is Booty. That's uh, the thing. You don't even have to mess with it to make it funny. His name is just Booty. Booty. <laughs> all right. So, Keshawn Booty uh, didn't have a large role in twenty twenty two and the twenty twenty two offense as uh, as big as people had hoped. But uh, who fills that spot this year?
2: Yeah. So, um, oh my gosh, who's the dude at Mizzou that Robert uh, Griffin was obsessed with in the Georgia game? That was like the five star, Bolden, um, What's the, burden? the burden, yeah. burden, right? So they were both in very similar territory in twenty two or two, where the hype was here and the production was here. Um, but yeah, I mean, Neighbors was that guy last year. It was, it was. You looked up at the end of the year and you realize he's made every big play. He's leading the team in receiving. He's a dog. He gets every jump ball. He's consistent. He runs tight routes. Like, he's everything you want to see in an LSU receiver. But our focus was, like, it was, like, Booty was, like, the, the dime. It was, like, the meme of the girl, the dude who's, like, looking at the hot girl. Like, that was Kayshawn Booty when, he, when we had, had steak at home, and that was Neighbors. So Neighbors is obviously, like, projected to do great things this year. One thing about LSU is that when players are good instead of nowhere, And where they're expected to be good, they're trash. That's one thing you can just count on for LSU Tigers. So last year, Booty was supposed to be good. He was trash. Neighbors was not supposed to be good. He was good. I've seen this play enough times to know that Neighbors will not be as effective this year as last year. However, we do have Aaron Anderson from Bama. Um, We have Chris Hilton back, who I'm really excited about, Brian Thomas. So LSU has an amazing, like, off-the-bus team of wide receivers. Like, a bunch of physical freaks, a bunch of guys that can go up and get the ball. And hopefully that's going to give Jaden Daniels a little bit more bde with throwing jump balls because we do have the talent to win some of those one-on-one matchups but yeah i think neighbors is as good as you're going to get in the sec mm. all right
0: so last thing we're going to have you pick a couple of games for us and we're going to start it off thursday night in salt lake florida at utah utah is currently favored by six and a half over under 44 and a half. you don't have to pick on those just uh just for your information is what those are.
2: It's it's coming down, man. I, I, there's no there's no new info about rising, I'm guessing. Um Not I mean I think so. that's I think I I think that it could be if he plays it could be a blow up for Utah. I that game last year was so funny, man. Like I was furious. Cause imagine me. Like, we hired Brian Kelly, they hired uh Napier, we lose in this embarrassing way to build to um uh, FSU and we were projected to win and they somehow beat Utah who's like Connor had in the playoff last year and I'm sitting here and I'm like oh my gosh oh my gosh Napier won the LSU job we told him no what did we do but yeah I just don't see that happening twice in a row um, I I don't know I mean I understand that Rising has been there forever but even if he doesn't play it just seems like, like I was kind of doing this earlier today actually looking at the Utah quarterbacks that have come through and they've all been good so it almost kind of it matters if he plays I'm not going to downplay it but I don't think they're just going to st- throw some bum out there. Um, and we know who Graham Mertz is. So, picking Utah.
0: Yeah, and I, you know I said it earlier in the week. I I think you would literally have to handcuff Cam Rising to the bench to not get him to play. Dude's just a fucking dumb.
2: Yeah, he's in that interesting situation where like we know that he's not really going to be an NFL quarterback. So, he's just choosing when his last football game is going to be at this point, like how many he has left in him. And guys like that are dangerous. It's like a cage, a cage dog because it's like, I don't have to protect my body. This is for, you know, me picking up my kids in 10 years. But beyond that, you know, this is the last chance at glory, at immortality I have. And those are the guys that often win in college.
0: Yeah. No, I uh, – we're we're still hoping to, uh, to do the watch party on that game. He's so, going to this one in Charlotte. You have the Tar Heels and the Gamecocks fighting for Carolina. Who do you have in this one? The line is currently UNC 2.5 over under
2: 64.5. Yeah, so as much as I love to be an SEC homer, I think that UNC has this one. Um, I think that obviously they lost Phil so Longo, but bringing Drake May back is a big deal. And it's like kind of similar vibes with Spencer Atler. It's like. Yeah, we have Spencer Adler back, but we've seen so much up and down from him that it's the farthest thing from consistent. So, yeah, I know that there are more there are more pieces to this than just the quarterback. But you guys remember, like, how South Carolina started last year with, like, I mean, it was the Georgia game where it looked like Beamer was just in over his head. He was just sitting at the press conference like this. And it, it took them kind of gelling together at the end of the year. And I feel like that whole offensive coordinator situation was so strange because they had obviously already made the decision on Marcus Satterfield, and then they just reeled off, like, two incredible games back-to-back, and it was like, what do we do now? And they still fired him. So, yeah, I feel like they're going to have to start from almost square one. Uh, Jaheim Bells, obviously I got to deal with him on Sunday instead of <laughs> South Carolina, so I hate that for me. But um, yeah, I, get, I like hate it. Like my least favorite thing is when a guy like that goes to a team with other good players, and it's like, oh, you're used to carrying the load of the whole team. Now you only got to be a piece of this one. This is a problem. So yeah, I I, I do think that just early, like I don't think North Carolina is going to be good. I am they going to be better than South Carolina, but I think that the continuity that they have, the leadership they have from Drake May, is going to take them over to the finish
0: line. Last, but definitely not least, the game, one of the games you're going to in Orlando, Florida State Seminoles playing the Louisiana State Tigers. We need your pick.
2: Yeah, so I've honestly been back and forth on this one. It was a, it felt like more of a lock last year and I was obviously wrong. Uh So I think the big thing to look for in this game is the edges, right? So Last year, FSU was able to rip LSU up with counter plays, um, and their whole front seven was just lost through the whole game. And this year, and Harold Perkins obviously did not really play in that game, and he had, like a penalty. Um, it was just a sloppy first game for Brian Kelly. Um, if LSU can contain Jordan Travis, who does a good job at taking the easy play, um, and and basically, it's going to be. I, mean, I think you guys have been have been keying on it. FSU was an amazing pass rush. LSU has Harold Perkins. And so it's going to be edge rushers versus tackles. It's going to be two mobile quarterbacks. But I think that if LSU can contain that run game um, and Jaden Daniels can just trust himself, I think this should be the start of a very good season for LSU. I like it.
0: All right, so that's all we've got for you Mm -hmm. today. Um, Do you want to plug anything?
2: Um, no, man. I mean, you guys all know where I'm from. I appreciate you guys being dedicated listeners. Um, I think that, you know, that's been the best part of this whole experience. I've I've worked I don't know if I've specifically told you guys this, but I've worked SDS with my first job out of college. So I've been working with them since Leonard Fournette was <laughs> a thing. And I I love the opportunity to get to know y'all and, and like I college football is what got me kind of connected. I moved from Alabama or from Louisiana to Alabama and went to high school in Alabama and college football just helped me make friends. So I love being able to do that as kind of an adult and just talk about the things I love. So I appreciate the opportunity. I really do. And like, I'll, I'll come on, you know, whatever and chop it up with you guys. Cause this is honestly my favorite thing. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, for sure. You can go ahead and get out of here if you'd like to, we're going to go through a few more games and, uh, and all that good stuff. But thank you for coming on and talking to us.
2: Yes, all right. Before I go, who are going to win the West this year? The West? Ooh. Mm-hmm.
0: I have LSU. I have LSU maybe dropping one regular season game. And actually, if you got a minute, we had Connor on in the last couple of weeks. He's obviously mm-hmm. drinking all of the Alabama Kool-Aid. Mm-hmm. He, Saban does no wrong in his eyes. Are right. you in the same thought pattern with the rest of us in the questioning... What do they actually have for people to be scared of? Or are you in line with him?
2: Yeah. I mean, as I said, I've been so gaslit as an LSU fan. And I think like pre-Kirby, you guys can kind of relate to this, where it's like every time we get hype, I start to be like, uh. So I would rather everybody be in on Alabama for no reason than, like, because naturally you'd be like, LSU has a returning starter quarterback. They have neighbors. They have Harold Perkins. They have this great offensive line. There's a lot more reasons to like LSU but people are, don't want to be wrong. So they're just going to keep picking Nick Saban. But I mean, sure. if you think about it, like uh, the new coordinator, Reese, played for Brian Kelly and is like Kelly's like grandson on the coaching tree. Even Denbrock coached Reese. And so it's like, I'm just, and, and like, Steele is just kind of a retread. Like, neither of those hires really scared me in the way that they could have. Like, if he had pulled out like a Dan Mullen or something as an OC, I would have been like, oh my God, oh no. You know, but
0: Washington had said yes.
1: Mm-hmm. would have been mm-hmm. huge.
2: And, Exactly. Like if it was a guy like that that was just off the board, if it was Tom Herman or something like that, I would've been not that it's about a big definitely. name, but it's just I know who Tommy Reese is. I know exactly who Tommy Reese is. LSU looked at him. I watched this guy play since he was 18 years old. So, he's not gonna scare me. He's not. There's not. He's not gonna get to Alabama and just suddenly be a new human being, right? He'll be probably have more talent, right? And like we talked about that a little bit with like Bobo, where like the talent is just so much better now that you guys would think, okay, he'll do better than he did just because things are just smoother now, right? And so I get that with Reese, but at the same time, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of on that page where it's like LSU feels like they have the Riz right now. So I don't know. Um, what, what about you, Michael?
1: All right, real quick before I get to that. So, Tommy Reese needs to change his name to be taken seriously. Okay. He needs to be either Thomas or Tom. It's just Tommy is a kid name. Rugrats. It's like Bobby Petrino, yeah. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> but um, so I went way out there with this, and I really do believe it. Now, would I be shocked if it doesn't happen? No, but I I took Ole Miss, to be honest, because nobody else took them. So, um, earlier in the, the, uh, off season, we had uh, Grayson, Weir on who was, uh, he writes for uh, outkick about Ole Miss and he's an Ole Miss mm-hmm. alum and everything. And he, he got me drinking the Kool-Aid, like hardcore, like in the Grove, like I'm ready to go mm-hmm. with it, whether it's Jackson Dart, Spencer Sanders, whoever, and the defense with, uh, uh, Pete Golding, sh- I don't think Pete Golding is as bad as, uh, what Alabama fans would let onto it. And I, I do think they're going to be improved. Even if the defense is marginally better, mm-hmm. I think they're going to be, they're going to be good. I think they'll upset either uh, Alabama or LSU. I think I said it earlier. I think they're going to beat both. I don't really think they're going to beat both. Like I, honestly, like even thinking about it, the last like week or two, probably not. But they're they're going to get somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, do I think they're going to beat Georgia? No, because it's in Athens, it, especially that late in the season. Oh, they play y'all too. That's a hard schedule, dang. Okay. Oh, it's it's a banger. But like I mean, and they play Tulane, you know, they in turn, New Orleans. So
0: in New Orleans. Yep.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh no! It's gonna be tough, but <laughs> the okay, best I... team of Louisiana last year, to yeah. The Tulane Green Wave. <laughs> but but even I mean even with that, um, playing, I mean, obviously the Tulane. If they lose the Tulane, that's not gonna count against their SEC schedule. But right. it's more so a, a a indictment on like what I think Alabama's gonna be like. If they lose two mm-hmm. or three games, but Ellis, uh, but uh, Ole Miss beats them, they have a tiebreaker over them. If they even if they lose two games, so. Do I think the LSU, like the uh, SEC West, is going to be like you know undefeated going into the SEC Championship? Probably not. I mean, never. It rarely is. Mm-hmm. But um, I just I want to see something different, especially in this last year of East versus West. I want to see Ole Miss make it. I want to see Lane Kiffin versus Kirby Smart. It, I mean, it be it would be fun. I mean, it's even the week going into it, like all the shit talking that that Lane would have would be fun. Yeah, I want to see it. Yeah. No. They're fun. I've, I've always, like, I, I think Lane is, like, I always joke about he's, like, the Elon Musk
2: of college football. Like, he's just exactly. on kind of a different exactly. beat of everyone. He's interesting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, we've had some fun games against him for sure. But, yeah, I, I I would love, I mean, as an LSU fan, I would love LSU to win the West. But if it's not LSU, yeah. anyone but Bama. Exactly. I, yeah. You
0: know, or, I just want it to be known for all the people that are uh, listening and not watching Mike has been sipping the LSU Kool Aid so hard, he's actually been Ole wearing uh, pastel polos, oh. chubby shorts, and spares every week.
1: Um, Ole Miss, right. not not LSU. I mean, I love yeah, LSU. Yeah, yeah. Don't Miss. get me wrong. Ole Miss, but... not LSU. Yeah, his, his dad is
2: becoming a lawyer before our eyes. Like he's <laughs> starting to grow the Bama bangs. He's starting <laughs> to really get the tight shirt, the pop yeah. He's ready to get I'm, I'm, the shirt I'm wearing right now. Of uh, of the
0: legal paperwork to name his uh, to change his name to. Uh, um jason but there's a i e i g h in there somewhere actually
1: jason jason yeah Yeah. (laughs) all
0: right anything else any other tangents we want to go on and take five minutes to talk about random stuff i got i got
1: one i got one more so will do you have any like disrespectful georgia takes that we can use to fuel us the rest of the uh rest of the season no, I, um, Damn it. <laughs> I, oh, it's funny, man. I just don't have this bad relationship with Georgia people.
2: Like I got hired into a team that was me and three Georgia grads and that was the whole team. And they even yeah. cool to me the whole time. Our new like head of production is a huge Georgia fan. Like she like bleeds red and black. And like, she walked into my little, like, not even office, but, like cubicle. And it had like the picture of, um, it's like Chase picking up, um, Jefferson. And it was like from, I don't, I, it was like from a random place. It wasn't even the national championship and she was just immediately talking shit. I was like, What did I do? I was like, I'm happy this was last year. I was like, I'm gonna be I thought we'd be seven and six after that first game. I don't know what to tell you, but like yeah, I mean Georgia fans don't really like don't because like I said, it's a like kind of a mutual enemies thing. It's like we both hate yeah. Alabama, we both hate Florida um, I don't enjoy watching yeah. Tennessee wins. I didn't know how much I didn't enjoy that until they were good for the first time since <laughs> the Bush administration. But, brother, do I not like those people? And I want them, I wish bad things on their football team.
1: <laughs> the, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, exactly.
0: Mike, I do feel like you need to uh tell Will about the, the LSU thing you sent me earlier what you said you were gonna what you about uh Nussmeyer.
1: Oh, so shit. okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> so if um if Jaden Daniels like kinda of falls on his face a little bit, is it appropriate to say ready busting us and letting Garrett Nussmeyer come out there? So
2: the thing about that, man, is like it's such a like Okay, so our offense was I, I hate to be like Mr. <laughs> Buzzcoe guy but our offense was so flawed last year and Jaden helped us yeah. so much and like the 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 redneck LSU fans that just immediately called for Jaden's head, I hated that so much because it yeah. felt a little bit jadily motivated if you catch my drift there. And I was like, How you know, let's give a Jaden a chance to so. it. A little bit of the Yeah, it was a little bit of it. You haven't really seen this guy play since Arkansas when he wasn't good in 2020. And he balled out in the SC Championship game. Like, he truly mm. – I will give him his flowers. He made me believe for, like, 30 seconds there when they were playing calling Baton Rouge, and then we promptly got, like, shut out on the one. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm excited for the future. I really am. I, I've always joked that, like – I mean, for how much of our lives has LSU had a quarterback? It was uh, Mettenberger, who was another Georgia transfer, and – um. And Burrow obviously, who was a transfer, and now we have like two guys that are okay. If w- something were to happen to Jaden, I wouldn't be like freaking out. You know what I'm saying? Like it was, it used to just be I knew our quarterback was trash, so I just had to plan accordingly. Now it's like okay, we, we might have a guy, but we never did. Now it's like I know Jaden is. I know if he ends up not playing like the SEC championship game, it was like it wasn't like oh this is going to be a seventy to twenty game. It was like we're at least going to be respectable. Like it'll still be a beatdown, but it won't. It'll we'll have some fun moments you know so i i'm actually kind of excited for the future for the first time because like not to like get deep in lsu recruiting but colin hurley is going to be like the future of lsu football so we kind of have like one two three kind of lined up committed ready to go and i just have never felt that way before so
0: will you endorse the it's time to bust into us when when it's when it's his time
2: Oh, no, we'll be busting us starting week zero of next year. You know, when the confetti falls for LSU's championship parade this year and Georgia also gets to claim an AP championship because they would have been robbed on some type of a one yard line goal call. Yeah. Then then we will be busting us immediately as the clock hits zero.
0: So the, all so over the, the second course. Tuesday of January.
2: hmm That it will be building Nuss bussing season. All right. We'll we'll get some bumper stickers, we'll get a little bus, and we'll be ready to go.
0: Perfect. We're we're ecstatic. We're ready.
2: We're aligned, okay? We're synergetic yeah. on this message.
0: All right. Beautiful. All right. I think I think that's it. I know you said you needed to get out of here, so we will not keep you any longer, and, uh, and we got some more games to talk about.
2: All right, gentlemen, y'all stay safe. Let me Thank know you. you're alive every day if you both could. I'm worried about y'all, but y'all make it. You guys are warriors.
0: Oh, dude, Xfinity said they had some storm-ready Wi-Fi that I got yesterday, so I'm, you know, I may not have the power to turn my TV on, but I should at least be able to watch on my phone.
2: I love that. Like that, how far we've progressed from like, oh, dude, back in the day, you'd be out without
1: power for a month. You're like, how do I might still have this watch party?
2: Anyway, y'all be safe. <laughs> I'm going to take off. Uh, go dogs when they're not playing LSU.
1: Hell yeah, let's go. Oh, thanks, man.
0: All right. We want to thank Will once again just for coming on and talking to us. Is the FSU LSU game is the biggest game of the weekend? That is Sunday night. If you have not necessarily been paying attention all off season, um,
1: the biggest game of week one by far.
0: Uh, yeah, because there's not there's like two or three big games in week one, maybe, which is maybe. not not normal for how it has been over the last seven mm-hmm. years, but. Kind yeah there's not a is, there's so.
1: not a there's not a Georgia Clemson or well yeah I mean among us amongst other things USC Alabama all of that uh, and it's on Sunday it's standalone too so that's yes. gonna be exciting
0: yes um, most people aren't working Monday so there we go too you can stay up mm-hmm. late and watch it so Sorry. we are gonna do a little bit of Florida Utah talk just because we may not have the ability to do the watch party on thursday sadly sadly you know um i mean i just florida's front seven is the only thing that could possibly keep them in this game for me yeah it's more of can the utah offensive line do anything against the florida front seven and if they do i think utah wins and if cam rising plays at 70% Seventy percent of the level that he's capable of, I think Utah wins big.
1: Yeah, and I mean, and last week I mentioned that the backup is a a a, a walk-on junior. I mean, he's a you know a bigger quarterback, big-ish. I mean, he's not like Brock Osweiler or anything like that. But I mean, just just the fact that you know Utah, I'm mean, not Utah, but uh, but Florida, you know, use for the most part playing at sea level and all that, and going to fucking Salt Lake City. I think that's going to be enough, even if they. And I, I really hope that Cam rising plays. But um, I think it's going to make a, enough of a difference to where – that I think uh, that Utah could cover that six and a half. I don't know about going, like, with the over-under of 44 and a half, but I'm, I do feel confident that Utah can win by a touchdown, at least.
0: Yeah. No, I am I am also 100% on the um, Utah – I am 100% on the Utah covers – as far mm-hmm. as that goes, um, Mike, you want to introduce this this next game for me real quick?
1: Yeah. All right. So, the uh, UNC USC, um, you know, North Carolina and the the fake USC uh, South Carolina. So UNC uh, favored by uh, two and a half. So you know, if, if you know, for those of you guys that are uh, not used to betting on it and you're trying to get into it, which you know, we encourage you to do that maybe you know next week. But uh, UNC is favored by two and a half. So in order for you to win that, I bet if you think that UNC is going to win by at least that, UNC needs to win by at least three points. Um, this is one of the weaker week one slates like that we've had in a few years, like John alluded to earlier. And as, as you said, and, and kind of me for that matter as well, um, well, ladies and gentlemen, I've got we're not nearly the news, prepared got, for exactly. uh, this hurricane as much as we probably the should be. This and we'll I mean, probably it. by the time it's uh, to us, it's going to be a chopper storm. But going into the game more so, uh, UNC comes in at 43rd in returning production, but has uh, they changed offense coordinators this offseason. Uh, the new play caller is Chip Lindsey. So uh, South Carolina is 102nd in returning production, and they had a lot of guys transfer out, including uh, Jaheem Bell and Marshawn Lloyd. Uh, Lloyd obviously went to USC and didn't play great in that week zero game. Uh, but they also have a new offensive coordinator in Dowell Loggins. With this with this being week one and both teams breaking in new offensive coordinators, excuse me, uh, the uh, the game should come down to defense, which, if you're a UNC fan, that should scare the shit out of you. But uh, <laughs> uh, neither team played great defense last year. Uh, UNC was really bad, USC wasn't great. So bullshit. But the Gamecocks uh, just had the opportunity, uh, had opportune uh, turnovers and then played at a level that they hadn't seen uh, or they hadn't had in years against Tennessee. Like, I mean, obviously they played out of their fucking mind uh, in uh, in Columbia. But um, I think you have this lot in this uh, next part.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, for me, I personally have more faith in South Carolina's defense and less faith in the skill talent around Drake May. They did have some transfers. They did have a couple guys drafted. I think this is going to be a close game in the high 20s to mid 30s. Um, But I think I have USC winning this one. Personally, zero money is getting put on this game.
1: Yeah, I think, absolutely. I, I think to the line is
0: too close. I don't have enough of a read on either of the offensive coordinators. And personally, I think 64 65 is right at what the actual combined score is going to be. So zero of my money is going on either anything in this game.
1: Okay, so you said. What did you go with again? I'm sorry. I'm
0: going with USC.
1: USC? All right. All right, so. I'm 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 with you on that. I'm not confident in uh, North Carolina's defense whatsoever. I mean, Drake May is a fucking stud, uh, and the, I mean, and the best part about it is he has this year and next year because he was uh, a freshman last year, so we're gonna be able to see him even get get even better uh, going forward. But because earlier this week it was at seven, and I didn't feel comfortable with that necessarily. But the fact that it's six and a half, I could definitely see North. Uh, I'm sorry, South Carolina. Uh, winning by it's at least a half, touchdown it's
0: north carolina two and a half right now is it yes
1: oh i'm sorry i was like i was looking at i was looking at something else <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah it is north carolina two oh two and a half, a
1: half. yeah even, okay so even more than so i mean i'm yeah i meant a field goal there so i mean south carolina i i feel like they can win by at least the uh, at least a field goal so i feel comfortable with uh with spencer rattler and uh uh coming through uh, in that sense. In in Charlotte, for that matter, too. I, I know they played there. I think they played in a bowl game with the uh, Mayo Bowl a couple years ago, or, at least, or close to that. So, they're familiar with it. I feel confident in uh, South Carolina with that.
0: Alright, last game is Florida State versus LSU. Uh, before we get to our bandwagons in Georgia talk, this is the last game we're talking about. We just talked about everything to do with the game with Will. Um... Current line is LSU minus two and a half over under 55. I have struggled so much
1: mm-hmm. with
0: picking this game. And it really comes down to which defense I have more questions with. Right? Yeah. I still have questions about LSU secondary. I have questions about how that defensive line is going to be able to stop the run game without Mason Smith. I I don't necessarily have those questions with Florida State. Now, what I'm about to say, I do understand it was Anthony Richardson. I understand mm-hmm. that. Florida State was able to hold Florida 36 minutes of game time without a completed pass Mm -hmm. in their last game before the bowl game I I hope I regret this but I got Florida State and I I think so I have Florida State obviously if they win they cover the two and a half once again absolutely not putting money on this because if I'm not confident my money does not go there um good
1: call that's, that's very adult of you
0: yeah yeah no i'm there's there's only a few things that i don't like you to mess with when it comes to me um one of those is my money my second is my sleep and recently i found out my third is the air conditioning um <laughs>
1: especially now it is fucking gross outside even today correct.
0: um but you know drop drop the ball at the top Your boy fixed his own air conditioning, and your boy's me. I fixed my own air conditioning for less than three hundred dollars. Ooh. So. So
1: you didn't you didn't drop like five grand on a new air conditioner?
0: No, I went I went to a warehouse uh, warehouse shop that normally sells to contractors only. I told him like, hey man, trying to fix my own unit. It's August in Savannah. It's hot. I'm gonna do the work myself. Mm-hmm. I need A, B, and C parts. And they're like, oh, don't worry about it. Here you go.
1: Hell yeah.
0: Fix, there you go. fix my own air conditioning, which I highly do not recommend you doing if you don't know what you're doing and don't and are not handy. Um, I like so me. to say I'm not the smartest guy in the room, but you give me some time and some resources and I can figure it out.
1: Fucking MacGyver. Let's
0: which, go. I mean, you know... I figured out how to use a multimeter the other day. Because normally, with with electricity, if it's not high voltage, I just touch it. And if it hurts, I know to flip a breaker. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> um. Back, back to football. Don't mess with my money. Don't mess with my sleep. Don't mess with my AC. I'm not putting money on this game. But I would say FSU and the over. I'm not and confident in that over pick either. But that's what I'm going with.
1: All right. So, um, I'm going to go slightly different than you because I think we've agreed with the last two, but I got to go with LSU here. There's not – again, I know it's a neutral side game. Uh, there's no there's no real home field advantage because, like, Tallahassee is, what, like, at least, what, six, seven hours from Orlando, if not more than that?
0: Yeah, I, d- I uh, don't understand that at
1: all. Yeah, it's it, – it, it doesn't. I mean, they might as well have played in the fucking Iron Bowl or like played in like Birmingham or whatever, if, if it was going to be a true neutral site. But okay, I digress. But um, I'm more confident in LSU in this situation. I think the last few weeks when we've talked about Florida State, I've kind of made it known that I'm not super confident in them. Like they could have they could have very well, instead of being a 10 win team last year, they could have been an eight win team or even even worse. Uh, if it had, you know, gone slightly different ways, they didn't block an extra point, and you know, and so on. If Florida didn't fucking suck, that would have been a problem for them too. But I'm gonna go with LSU uh, minus the two and a half. I mean, they they can definitely win by more than a field goal. There again, no real home field advantage in Orlando for anybody, unless you're probably Florida. But even then, eh, probably not. But uh, the over under, I feel confident that it would be over uh, the 55 as well. Did you say it was gonna be over 55?
0: Yes. I, okay. I hesitantly said I over 55, but you're saying it confidently.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm confident in it. Cause I mean, we, we talked about the offenses or you talked about the, you know, defenses being decent. Um, I, I mean, week one, especially if you're playing against a good team and I know, you know, if, you know, anybody that that's going against that would say, okay, Clemson, Georgia was like what 10, seven or 10, three or whatever it. Yeah. It,
0: is was, was two I, of the best five defenses in the country that year, including the yeah. one of arguably the college football's best defense of all time. Yeah. So a at least 10 scores okay.
1: Yeah. I mean I, I mean defense wise at least in the 21st century, which I'll take certainly if not, you know, not one of the best ones of all time, but um I'm on the over on this. And so I feel more confident about that just because uh, uh, you know, we talked about the pass rushers and all that. I don't know. It, it seems like uh, Jordan Travis and uh, Jane and Daniels or, you know, busting a nut or busting a nuts. Shit. Sorry. Yes. Oh, um,
0: I can't believe you would say that on our podcast. We are clean. I
1: am so sorry. I know people. Uh, well, I was probably listening. I'm sorry, Mom. Um, But I, I feel I feel confident that it's going to go over 55. I mean, even if it's, you know, 30, what, 30 you know 28 is going to go over that, so I mean, I, I feel confident that's going to go over that. Um, I feel like the offenses will be a little bit better than the defenses this, this uh, this first week at least. And normally, that wouldn't be the case, but I think here it's going to go over.
0: All right, we're gonna move on to our bandwagon picks, Mike. Your team is up first, I'll let you take it.
1: All right, so if you guys remember, my bandwagon team was Texas Tech because I don't think Texas is necessarily back, even though they're going to be. Much improved uh, this year, but... I think uh, they are the
0: team that wears orange and calls themselves UT that is back first.
1: I would go with that, absolutely. Because I think they're going to be have have a a better season this year, for sure.
0: They'll make a conference championship game.
1: Yeah, something that Tennessee can't say since, what, 2007? Or six? Something like that. Yeah. So, it's been 15 years. Shit. Okay, anyway... Um. Yeah, you're not relevant if it's been 15 years. But uh, so Texas Tech at Wyoming. Uh, Texas Tech is a 14-point favorite, and the over-under is 50-and-a-half. So, again, I talked about – I talked up Texas Tech the last few weeks, but this may come as a shock. But I think Wyoming will cover here, I and mean, Texas Tech is still going to win if you wanted to take the, uh, the uh, money line there. But and it's really just because the game isn't Laramie. I'm confident that they'll win that game. Uh, if we were in Lubbock, I would definitely take Texas Tech all day with uh, with that offense and just you know location of it. Obviously, is a lot bit different than Wyoming, but I do take uh, I do take uh, Wyoming here as much as it pains me to say that uh, against the spread, but Texas Tech to uh, cover the money line.
0: All right, I've got Boise State at Washington, UW favored by fourteen and a half points, over under fifty eight and a half. And I think Washington covers this in a higher-scoring game for, and I say higher-scoring for it to be Power 5 versus Group 5 just because Boise State is still very good. Um, I personally think Washington, 40-plus, Boise State gets around 20. Um, Boise State is losing quite a bit on the defensive side of the ball. They're returning 58% of their production on that side of the ball. They are somewhere down in the... uh, 70s to 100 in returning production they get a lot back coming back on offense not so much defense so i think washington's going to be able to have their way with them my biggest question is washington defense being able to slow down the boise state offense i, I by no means am i saying that uh that boise state's going to win this game but i do think it's uh it's going to be higher scoring i'm thinking what. Anywhere between 60 and 70. So I'm taking Washington to cover. I'm taking the over. I'm taking the money line. I might do a same game parlay on this. Just Ooh. because if you do a same game parlay, you also get better odds. And uh, mm. and if they cover, hit the over, and win, you can typically like bet a dollar and win 10. Which is always yeah. nice.
1: Mm, certainly.
0: All right. Quick Georgia preview, and um, before we get out of here, we're going to touch on Georgia versus UT Martin. Not so much scouting the opponent, but rather what we would like to see in this game. Um, I know that I've said it many times on the show. I know Mike agrees with me. I know a lot of you other sickos out there also agree with us. We all want to see the very first offensive play for Georgia be an I-formation toss sweep just for Mike Bobo to give a middle finger to the haters. And if he does that and the in-stadium camera does not pan to the press box with him two fingers to the air and then throws like a 70-yard play-action pass, I'm going to be disappointed.
1: Definitely. I'm with you there, 100%.
0: And <laughs> if if... If I see them line up in an I-formation for play one, you can bet your ass I'm pulling my camera out and taking a video of this.
1: i will all that the IG and all that.
0: Oh, absolutely. And then I'm going to find the clip from when Bobo got hired way back of where I said, I want Mike Bobo to run an I-formation play. And then I'm going to ask all of our listeners who knows him and sent him that clip.
1: (laughs) That would be fucking huge. I I so badly want to see that, because I love I love the trolling nature of just college football in general. That's why I love Lane Kiffin so much. It, it needs to fucking happen. Whether or not, I mean, he can go fucking, you know, four wide the rest of the game, but if he does that first play, goaded.
0: Oh, dude, if he does that first play, the person in front of me in the stands is going to feel something poke in the back of their head. <laughs> like that... I dream come true, absolutely. Fucking
1: Spider Man's behind me. Holy shit!
0: <laughs> Did Pinocchio just lie back there? What's going on, dude? <laughs> oh
1: right. man! All right, all right. So, um, as far as I want to see, side we have a couple here, but um, I want to see how lo- how well the uh, defensive line plays against. Uh, I'm sorry, how well like, pl- I how well they play after losing Jalen Carter to the NFL and Bear Alexander. Bear Alexander to an offensive defense over there at USC. And we talked about it, you know, earlier in the week. That was fucking pathetic. But um can Georgia routinely get pressure by only rushing four and not saying That's something that, you know, obviously they like like to do a lot last year. And obviously want to keep the same, you know, mojo going and all that. And I talked about before that I thought the defense would be closer to twenty one than they were twenty two, which obviously wasn't I mean it was a drop off, but not a huge drop off, but I think they have the potential to be just not just as good, but, but along the same lines as the 21 defense, um, or at least closer to that, I should say.
0: So my first thing on defense is it's actually kind of two parter. It's mostly about new guys in coverage. And what I mean by that is, you know, if they put Jalen Walker at outside linebacker and let him cover a running back, how does that go? Mm-hmm. If whoever starts corner opposite of Kamari Lasser, whether it's uh nylon green, um, I'm drawing a blank, but any of those other guys that we talked about, how mm-hmm. does Tyke Smith do it covering the slot corner position? How does Von Bullard do it safety? It's, it's all about the coverage. And I know UT Martin's not going to be the best measuring stick for that. But if you don't know what you're doing, these smaller teams can still get a few big plays on you, so if you're lost, and they
1: you're... go ahead, sorry, they they have nothing to lose in this game. I mean, they're yeah. getting the you know the paycheck, whatever amount that George is paying them from out there. So they obviously they know they're you know ninety nine percent sure they're going to lose this game, so they're going to go out there and try some shit.
0: Yeah, no, I in like if if Jalen Walker or any of the other outside linebackers is covering a running back out of the backfield. And misses a step, misses a coverage, takes the wrong, like shades inside when he should have shaded outside. Whatever it is, they can still make you pay for 15 yards. Like yeah. it is not like you know if this were to happen against Tennessee or somebody, they could take it to the house. I don't necessarily see that being the case with UT Martin. But how many times were they able to get plays they shouldn't because one of these guys that hasn't necessarily played a ton? doesn't know exactly what to do in this situation when it comes to coverage.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, I agree hundred percent with that. I want to see that for sure. So uh, offensive side of the ball. So how are the running backs going to be used? So with all the injuries we talked about, obviously Branson Robinson's out for the season with a uh, torn patella, which fucking sucks.
0: Oh, it, it, so was, hard. A torn, I wanted... it was a ruptured patella tendon.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, <laughs> Either way, it sounds fucking painful. Uh huh. Can't imagine. But I don't. Want I mean, to imagine. no, I don't. I yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna ignore that altogether. But um, obviously, Kendall Milton's a little bit uh hung up with a hamstring uh injury and all that. Uh, even even Edwards is a little bit you know banged up. We'll we'll probably see him in the game, but I don't know how much we'll end up seeing him. But I. Uh, I do want to see who's going to step up with that. So, like I said, hopefully Edwards is going to be able to fill that Kenny Mack role from last year. And hopefully Andrew Paul and Cash Jones. Who?
0: Cash Jones. Who? Cash Jones.
1: So, hopefully he'll get um, significant snaps as well. Because like we talked about in the weeks prior that Cash Jones – or I should say Kirby uh, mentioned Cash Jones as being one of the most impressive guys in camp. Hopefully he's able to get out there and like you know we've talked about you know multitude of times that he's one of our guys get some uh, personalized jerseys with him get him some N I O money from Fanatics or the bookstore or whatever try to make that happen this year we have but, reached
0: out to him actually mm-hmm. to see if he would come on the show as the biggest Pat cash Jones podcast in uh, in the Georgia <laughs> sphere of media but
1: we need um, we need we need everybody that listens to this to to Bowie him to come onto the show. Please. He doesn't
0: use social media
1: often. He really, yeah. He I think I even on Twitter, I think he's had like maybe three posts, maybe, since the uh, spring game. So it's not very often. I've DM'd him a couple times. Not not to be that weird, you know, older guy that does that, but it's not it's not to talk shit about him or anything like that. It's like, come on, brother. We're trying to hype you up. Exactly. So please, Cash, if you're listening, if somebody in your circle is listening. You know where to find us
0: yes yes you know maybe you know if things if things go right we might even be able to uh slide you a little bit of nil money just no mcdonald's bags none of that no nope. you know, real over the table but uh, i'm not gonna get too far into that so, offensively, we're not trying. We're guess. trying to get
1: the NCAA up George's ass, either.
0: Whoa! I said above the table, nil money.
1: That's legal. Legal. Do we have a collective yet? I mean, us. No. We, we should.
0: I. We need to get to a point where we stop losing money every month on on the podcast before we can do anything like that.
1: Could become be coming
0: soon. Could be. Um, offensively, what I'm most interested in seeing, how the new offensive tackle does. Because with all the other four positions on the offensive line being cemented, chiseled in stone, tattooed in the skin, these four guys are set. That fifth position, I am really interested to see how well they do, because UT Martin knows, they know that, like, oh, these four guys won a national championship. This guy didn't play until the very end of that game and the very end of every game. Hmm. So they're going to go after him. And, you know, obviously, I think at the beginning of the game, there's going to be a lot of tight end coverage on that side of the ball as far as, you know, that's where Brock or Oscar or Pierce Spurlin, you know, lost and lucky is injured. No telling if he's going to make an appearance in this game. I hope he does. But whichever tight end is on the field, whatever running back is on the field, even if they go on a route, are going to chip the guy on that side of the ball, at least to start until you see how he does. Mm-hmm. But on a third down play, if they get into third and long where you need a Everybody on the field being able to go catch a pass. That's where I'm interested to see how the tight end there or how the offensive tackle there does. I'm not saying they're going to do poorly, but that's what I'm going to be keeping an eye on.
1: Same. It's, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how the, uh, the offensive line, you know, shakes out here. Like, you know, at the, uh, at the tackle spots for sure. I mean, I mean, it's not really a, a huge test at UT Martin, hopefully. Because if it is, next week's episode is going to be fucking interesting. Oh, Even yeah. more so than normally it normally would be.
0: Yes, absolutely. So, there has been something that, before we get out of here, there has been something that I've been thinking about that I'm not sure if I've said it on on the show, but I know I've said it to some friends of mine in person, that kind of thing. Guys. Georgia fans everywhere. I'm trying to figure out exactly what word to use. Um, bussy, not not bussy. Where there's none close to Savannah, there's none close to Athens. I really wish there was a bussy somewhere in between because I would 100% stop for a bussy. Oh, no, that's
1: not that's not what I mean, but okay.
0: Um,
1: I do, I know. I do wish that was closer to us, for sure.
0: So, Georgia fans, everybody listening, please, if you've been with us as you know a fan base for a long time, you've seen the not-good years. If you haven't been with the fan base for a long time, we're glad to have you. Honestly, I don't give a shit if you've been a fan for two days. But enjoy every moment of this point in the program's history. Because, like we heard the jokes, we went 42 Mm. years. 41. 41. I apologize. Not good at math, Georgia Public Schools. 41 years without a national championship. Mark Rick brought the program back to relevance. Yes. They were in the conversation more years than not. Yes. Kirby then took it to a higher level where they made a national championship game. Yes. Yes. But... The fact that Georgia has won back to back national titles, even if they don't make one, even if they don't make the game this year, even if they make it and lose it, this is a time quite literally not seen at any other point in the modern college football era.
1: It is unprecedented. No team has gone back to back in the college football playoff era. Enjoy it. No
0: team has done what Georgia has done over the last two seasons. Point blank, period like no team has gotten the shit kicked out of them in the SEC Championship game, made the playoff and come back to win the national championship. No team. Mm-hmm. Georgia's the third team ever to go 15 and 0 last season. Ever. Versus Clemson and they won the 2019 National Championship. This was 2018 season 1 to 19.
1: Yeah, I mean, and, and Bama, everybody thought Bama was going to go 15-0 that year, but then Clemson upset them. Don't forget.
0: Correct. Bama has never gone 15-0. <laughs> yeah. Can't relate. Can't relate. But that's the point, is, is enjoy it, because you never know when something crazy is going to happen. I'm not saying that I predict it will this year. I'm not saying I predict it will anytime soon. But cherish these moments while they're here, because a lot of us have waited a long time for it. And with that, we are going to get into the Calling the dog segment. We don't have an intro audio for it, and I'm honestly hoping that when I hit this button on the soundboard, that it comes on, if I'm being 100% honest with you, because we did not test it beforehand. I was um before we got on the show i was literally putting water in the freezer so when the power goes out my food doesn't rot so all right i'm gonna try it you ready yeah let's go oh hold some bad well ladies
1: and gentlemen i've got some good news and i've got some bad news the good news is this
2: saturday we finally get some real college football southern bullies hitting each other
1: hard just like Georgia if Bulldog, you are listening to us live,
0: it'll just have to be an audio-only feature for right now until we figure out what's going on. So go check the Spotify version. You can fast forward to an hour and 13 minutes if you like to. But right here at a minute 13 and 29 seconds is where we're going to put it in. So go check it out. I think it's going to be funny. I haven't even listened to it yet, if I'm being entirely honest with you, because up until this morning, we were planning on recording this tomorrow. So, yep. as always, guys, check out the Twitter at FinderPod, Threads, and Instagram at Nothing.Finder.Pod, Facebook, and YouTube. Search us there. Everything's going up there. If you rate and review the show, send us a screenshot. We'll send you a sticker, handwritten note. Mike was talking about feet picks. Not sure about that. If that's still no, a thing. I still got I still got you. Okay, and you can say no to the feet picks. We're all about consent over here at the Nothing Finer yeah. podcast. So, as always, guys, remember there is nothing finer in the land
1: than a drunken, noxious Georgia fan.
0: Third and a mile, Duggan from the two will throw it all the way across the field. It's picked up by Bullardy. Bullard got it again. i have been it to throw, lobs it to the right corner. There's McConkey, he got on his donkey and made a sliding catch in the right corner. Touchdown!